Hello there, and welcome to Be My Guest, a podcast about the flavors that take us back and the memories they stir up. I'm your host, Kara Shanofsky, and I'm just full of gratitude these days. I'm grateful to have so many incredible people who are willing to share their stories with me. I'm grateful to be able to share my love of food and cooking with the world. And most of all, I'm grateful for each and every person who's been listening to the podcast and sharing it with friends and family. Thank you so, so much for your support. Now, on to what you've come for. Today's episode has a couple of Be My Guest first. It's the first time I'm welcoming a German-born guest to the table. And it's my first time chatting with a fellow podcaster. I'm Ching. I'm German-born Chinese from Heidelberg. My name is actually Ching Ching, and it's a Mandarin name. And yeah, that's because my parents, they were born in China and grew up in the Netherlands. Ching is also the host of You Rice Me Up, a podcast that highlights the stories of Asians in Europe. Today, I've invited Ching to the kitchen table to hear more about her own experiences growing up in Germany with her Chinese-born parents. Oh yeah, I've also made pork gyoza, which are Chinese dumplings, and a little garlic cucumber salad on the side. I'll share how I made the dumplings a bit later, but first, let's hear how Ching's journey led her from small-town Germany, around the world, and eventually back to Germany, specifically to Berlin. So... First things first, tell me how you ended up at my kitchen table. Start from wherever you would like, <laughs> but most people start from how they came. Or now people start with how they came to Germany, but obviously you were born here. Yeah. Um, so start wherever you like. I used to want to become a diplomat. And my initial thought was that if I want to become a diplomat, it would be good to get used to moving around a lot and switching places, adapting and so on. But also because I'm like German-born Chinese, but my parents are also kind of Dutch Chinese, I always felt like I was different because I grew up in a town in southern Germany where there are not a lot of Asians. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. You kind of feel like you're kind of in between cultures and you don't feel like really feel like one or the other. At the same time, everyone around you perceives you in a certain way, like yeah. as Chinese, for example, in my case. And then when I was 16, I went on a school exchange to the States, actually, to a high school in the States. Oh, which state? Florida. Oh, you got lucky. <laughs> Why? Sometimes people are like, yeah, I was in West Virginia. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. At least you had good weather. Yeah, really good weather. After that, I felt really comfortable there for some reason. I loved like speaking English and... I liked it so much that ever since going on that trip, I was like, I'm going to study abroad. You know, I'm not going to stay in Germany. And yeah. And so your parents are from China. Yeah. How did they end up in the Netherlands? I actually just found out, like, <laughs> I think last year or so, I'm pretty sure I've asked my parents countless times, but because my parents were always working and busy, they only gave me like non-answers, you know, like <laughs> very short ones. Yeah. But I think it was last year when my mom actually told me that it was my great-grandfather's brother who first went to the Netherlands. 
And yeah, the reason he went is because my great grandfather was already married. So they thought like, oh yeah, let's send the, you know, like an unmarried brother because like at that point in time, traveling was very dangerous. And so anything could happen. It was also not easy to reach people. So there was like a very real possibility that he might just like die on the way. And so because he was not married and didn't have family responsibilities, he went and yeah, he ended up in the Netherlands. And apparently he opened like a restaurant eventually he also married a Dutch woman slowly over time the family basically followed him and yeah my parents were still born in like a town in China but then they moved to the Netherlands when they were kids like around like six or seven so they grew up in the Netherlands and then I don't know at what point they moved to Germany but they got married in in Germany in mm. Trier. We're getting close to the table what made you decide on Berlin? Or did Berlin decide on you? <laughs> <laughs> so it was the pandemic. I was in lockdown and I was thinking where to go. At the time, no one knew when the pandemic was going to end mm -hmm. and everything was very uncertain. I wanted to be in a country where I know the healthcare system and kind yeah. of trust the healthcare system. And because I love international environments and multicultural environments, I chose the biggest and most international city in Germany, which is Berlin. Mm -hmm. So um, that is why I settled on Berlin. And then I basically only focused on like jobs in like Berlin. I think I also looked at like Amsterdam, but like mainly like Berlin. And then when I got a job in Berlin, I basically settled on Berlin and moved here in fall 2020. How has your experience in Berlin been so far? It's been great, to be honest. I did not expect to enjoy life in Berlin as much as I did. And also, it's very different from my experience in that town in southern Germany. I mean, the closest city was Heidelberg, where I was, where I was born. Mm -hmm. um, but the town where I grew up in, that was actually relatively small. And so when I left Germany, my impression of Germany, like the words that stuck with me were more like, boring you know also you know discriminatory or like I associated Germany with more like difficult emotions mm -hmm. and not necessarily very positive ones and so coming to Berlin changed my perception of Germany because it made me realize that I had never really given Germany like a genuine chance in the sense that I left as soon as I could not realizing that there are a lot of similarities of course but there's still big differences especially between like for example a city like Berlin and like my hometown. Yeah I did want to ask how your experiences in Berlin Berlin compare to maybe your experience growing up in your hometown? So first of all, I think when I was younger, I was also very different. I didn't have an understanding of like racism, microaggressions. Mm -hmm. And it was also not a topic that was discussed in school. It was never discussed. So I didn't actually understand why. Like I knew that it felt weird, like people mispronouncing my name all the time or people looking at me uh, at the mentioning of China in class or people always asking me about China, even though like I think I was 12 or so when I first went to China. At the time, I could not really speak Mandarin. And so it felt weird to always be associated with a culture that you didn't know a lot about. Of course, like as a kid, I always wanted to fit in. I wanted to be German. And so I 
did not necessarily embrace my Chinese heritage to the extent that I could have. And then comparing it to my experience in Berlin, I do definitely think that Berlin is much, much more international and welcoming in that way. But I also did have some weird experiences in Berlin, especially with people like commenting on my German, you know, always telling oh, me yeah. how great it is, where <laughs> I learned it, but also like on the streets, people shouting out at words in some Asian language yeah. or someone like asking me if I was Japanese. And I think if it's not obvious that you in some way, you know, that you might not be like fully German, mm -hmm. and then you might not be aware that these things also happen in uh, Berlin. I've had Americans here. Yeah compliment me on my English. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> it happened like two or three times. One time I was at the supermarket and this, I was talking to this lady. She's like, wow, your English is really great. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> and then oh my she, was, God. she was a little bit embarrassed after that. But uh -huh. like, <laughs> it happens also to me, which I find funny, which I mean, I guess I kind of get it in my case yeah. because... You come to Germany on vacation and you think maybe everybody speaks German. I feel like we could talk about like trading Berlin stories all day, but that is not <laughs> why we're here. Y'all know this is still a cooking podcast. So obviously, I wanted to hear more about who was at Ching's family table growing up and what they were eating. And of course, we have to hear why dumplings are the dish that takes her back. I chose dumplings because I really like dumplings and I associate it with home and family and warmth and it is a very much a family dish I would say it's something that you tend to eat like around New Year's as well at least like in my family and I just think they're delicious and yeah it also makes me think of my grandma who sometimes made like dumplings for us oh where does she live Actually, she was um, in Germany a lot during my childhood. She basically like raised my four siblings and me. But she's sometimes in Germany, sometimes in the Netherlands. And right now she's in China. We talked a little before this and you told me you do not know how to wrap dumplings, which I also <laughs> you will see. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I have tried to wrap dumplings before with my grandma but I haven't done it for a very long time. And I'm also not very active in the kitchen, I have to admit. <laughs> and what surprises people as well is that my mom can actually not cook. Mine couldn't either. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Back then, my grandparents cooked for us. But like nowadays, it's usually my dad who cooks. Cute. What does your dad make? What is he good at? Oh, that's a very good question. Is it more Chinese or does he do like a... Actually, I would say my dad's cooking is more Western. Like he makes things like steak and like he loves beans and sometimes he makes like salads as well, like pasta. Um, so more Western, I'd say. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes he also makes Chinese dishes, but uh, I associate him more with like Western food, I'd say. Whereas my grandparents are definitely distinctly like more Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense because you said that they've been here, your parents, since they were young, right? So yeah. that also, that makes sense. Do you remember how your grandmother makes her dumplings? <laughs> <laughs> okay, since I didn't really help a lot in the kitchen, I actually don't remember. Okay. You just remember uh, they were delicious. Yeah, and I remember that she's like quite fast at it too, you know. And it looks good, like always. I remember, I think you could tell like which dumplings have been wrapped by like my siblings and I versus like my grandma. Yeah, 
Okay, you can also tell when you see mine that I am not a professional. Um, but I will say I tried. Wait, let me back it up. So when we were talking about it, I texted you like when you said dumplings, like, oh, I have dumpling wrappers in my freezer. And then I started to think like, okay, that's kind of cheating to use the dumpling wrappers like the already made ones. So I whipped out the flour <laughs> and I made my own wrappers yeah. and I found like a really great video. So it was actually easier than I expected. And when I say easier than I expected, I followed the recipe and they look, <laughs> they're not round. They weren't round. Obviously I couldn't get them as round as she did, but from the texture and like, they look like dumplings. They just look a little wild. And then to fold them, I actually have, because my husband is Polish, mm -hmm. and so we make pierogi <laughs> at Christmas. Ooh. And it's kind of the same thing, yeah. if you think about it, like meat and like veggies wrapped in dough. So I used like a pierogi press. So they, some of them look kind of like pierogi. <laughs> Are you hungry? Should we eat? Yes. All right. Ching actually saved me a lot of research by sending me a recipe up front, so the dumpling-making process was pretty straightforward. The recipe she sent me is in German, but I'll be sure to link to it in the show notes. To make the filling, I combined dried shiitake mushrooms, bok choy, ginger, and garlic with ground pork, a little toasted sesame oil, light soy sauce, dark soy sauce, and a mix of sherry vinegar and rice vinegar because I couldn't find Shaoxing wine at my local Asian supermarket. I then added a bit of black pepper and an egg to help bind the filling. The wrappers are only three ingredients, flour, water, and salt, so they seem easy enough until you realize there's a special technique, almost an art, to making them. Looking back, it actually feels like magic, so... I'll just link to the instructional video from Lisa Lin in the show notes. Once the filling and the wrappers are ready, I added a small amount of filling to each wrapper and did my best to fold them like the video instructed. But ever the perfectionist, I started to get a little frustrated with my folding technique. That is when I reached for the pierogi press, which actually ended up working like a charm. To cook the dumplings, I heated oil in a large pan, browned them on each side before adding water and quickly covering the pan with the lid to help steam the dumplings and fully cook the filling. Do you want to serve yourself or how many? How many you want? Um, as many as possible. Oh, wait, I have sauce too. I also um, love that you have chopsticks and chopstick holders. They're from Shanghai. So my husband went on a business trip a few <gasps> years ago and he nice. brought these back. Usually people don't send me recipes. So you actually helped me a lot <laughs> by giving me like a little bit of direction on what type to make and kind of the process. I actually have made dumplings before a few times because I find it's a nice thing to make when I have like a lot of vegetables and like... Sometimes we do the little dumpling party because it's also a really nice thing to make with like a group, right? With multiple hands in the kitchen. These cucumbers are great, by the way. Oh, thank you. We also have to taste the dumplings. So this is always big moment. The first bite. Let's see if they at all compare to your grandmother's. <laughs> I will taste it with the sauce and without. 
Mm. As the recipe said, I pan fried them and then like steamed them. And then to warm them back up, I just steamed them. Mm. Oh, that's spicy. How are you with spice? Mm. 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 <laughs> Too spicy? Is the sauce the spicy enough though? This is actually this is actually perfectly fine, but like I cannot eat super spicy food because mm-hmm. my parents are actually from um, a region in China where the food is not spicy. This dipping sauce was supposed to be with, I think, like a bird's eye chili, but I didn't have those. Um, but I'm obsessed with this, like, I get it at the Asian supermarket. There's like a ton in this area. Um, it's like crispy chili and garlic oil. And that's, I put a little bit in that, but I always forget that it is incredibly spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Mm. there have been times where I accidentally put too much and like our eyes were watering just from the smell mm. um, like if you see this one this literally looks like a pierogi because <laughs> I used the pierogi Price. But it's really yummy. I like it. Yeah? Like, yeah. It's quite different from how my grandma usually makes them. Because my grandma, like the fried version, it's also like more solid at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the, the dough is definitely different. But yeah, I mean, I can definitely taste that those are dumplings. But wait, and it's different yummy. how? <laughs> mm, don't know how to describe it. Uh, I think I would probably have to ask my grandma to make some dumplings at one point and for you to... It's a good excuse. To yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When she to comes to Germany them. next time. Um, I will say, I think I also noticed that it has, it's slightly like chewier, the dough, than I remember like dumplings being. So maybe it's that. Um, but the dough was like very easy to work with. So I was happy about it because I pulled them out of my freezer just in case <laughs> the backup ones. Um, but no, they actually turned out better than expected. Um, is pork your favorite filling? Mm, I'm not sure I would say it's my favorite, but... In China, or like my grandma usually makes them with pork. And also in China, like pork is like super, super common. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, I think the most common version or the default version. What's um, your favorite? Why didn't you ask me to make your favorite? Um, I don't think I have a favorite when it comes okay. to dumplings. But I think uh, I like pork dumplings because I'm used to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like dumplings in general, like all kinds of dumplings. You can't really go wrong, honestly. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. You can't really go wrong. I thought the filling would be, I don't know why I thought it would be like a little spicier. There's nothing spicy in the filling. (laughs) I think I thought about it, but then I didn't do it because I stuck with the recipe. But I had, like I wrote you, I actually had like the vinegars and stuff. I was surprised at how many like Asian like oils and vinegars and sauces that I own. Um, Do your siblings cook? Tell me about your siblings. Oof. Oh my gosh, I have so many. Yeah, I wanted to ask. Four siblings you have. Oh my god. There are five of you or four of you? Uh, four. I mean, like, I have four siblings, so but five. it's five in total. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My mom is a strong woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for real. Yeah, I have an older brother. He is currently in uh, Hamburg. So I'm the second one. And then... I have a younger brother. He is currently in Shanghai. Then I have like a younger sister. Uh, she's currently in uh, Hamburg. And then um, I have another sister, the youngest one. Um, Where is she? In uh, London. Mm, okay, so you are all over. Do you ever have everyone in the same place? Yeah, once a year usually, like over Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. But in recent years, because of like COVID lockdown and everyone like, you know, now having their own lives. I think the past couple of years, there was usually one or two siblings were missing. But this year, we're planning to all gather in Rotterdam, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Nice. And so take me to one of your family gatherings. What is on the, the table? Oh my God, like New Year's. Is it Chinese New Year? Just for um, clarification or Sylvester? Oh, good question. The funny thing is my family, we actually never celebrated Chinese New Year. Okay. Uh, we always celebrated the Western one. Mm -hmm. When I didn't know much about Chinese New Year until I moved to China and realized how important it was. And I also didn't know that it was so weird for like a Chinese family, even like overseas not to celebrate Chinese New Year. My grandma would usually just say something like uh, Happy Chinese New Year in Chinese. But apart from that, I never noticed it. Whereas in China, like everything, you know, you could, you see it everywhere. Anyways, yeah, during Christmas and New Year's, there are usually some like typical dishes that I see over and over again. And like we usually get, I think it's king crab. Ooh, yeah, that's like nice. uh, quite important for some reason. And then rice cake mm -hmm. that my grandma makes, some glass noodles, Yeah, and what else do we have? Like rice, of course, jellyfish, actually. Jellyfish? Yeah, that's a very common, what's it called? Vorspeise? How do you say that in English again? Appetizer. Appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very popular appetizer in China. And like for the longest time, I had no idea that it was jellyfish. How is it cooked? How is it eaten? It's like cold and you uh -huh. eat it with like a soy sauce and sometimes with like some like vinegar and like garlic and whatever you That want. That masks to the flavor of anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But like it has a, a special like, I mean, its own kind of like uh, consistency. Is it like jelly? No, no it's okay. not like jelly. It's actually a little bit crunchy. Like... Yeah, at least it was at our home. I didn't know that it was jellyfish until like a couple of years ago or so because the dishes my grandma made, I only learned their names in our Chinese dialect, which I could not translate into German or like Mandarin. And uh, so, yeah, I actually yeah, I had this little like light bulb moment and also like uh, was a little bit flashed when... My mom actually told me that this is jellyfish. Same about bamboo. I've always loved eating bamboo. Uh-huh. And I had no idea that it was bamboo. I just knew it under a different name in our Chinese dialect. And so I was like, I love this, you know, but I had no idea it was bamboo. But you still eat the jellyfish. You still like it. Yeah, I love it, you know. I have to Google this later. Yeah. Jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah, but also I didn't really talk about it a lot when I was younger, right? Because like I said, I wanted to be German and so on. Yeah. And also, first of all, I didn't really know what it was myself. But also, I, I didn't want to be seen as like weird and so on. And even now, you know. I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now I think so too. But I, I also don't think that I would necessarily have told my friends like, oh, I'm eating jellyfish yeah. and bamboo yeah. <laughs> at home. Yeah, but all kinds of dishes actually. But yeah, there are like certain dishes that we usually eat pretty much every year. And also dumplings, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, your New course. Year's. Yeah. yeah. I'm so full. I think <laughs> okay. I... <laughs> okay. I was like, is she going to manage all of that? That looks like a lot. Usually I wrap it up for people to go, but I think you're going somewhere after this, right? Yeah. But like I... You can still take some with you. Yeah. I would love to. It's so yummy. Like, thank you, Kara. But also, I always overestimate the amount of dumplings I can eat. The same. Because they look so small, no, right? They're very filling, though. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're so filling. filling. Oh, my God. Um, so yeah, you let me know. I can wrap it up for you. You can take some. They will get eaten because my husband's going to come home and probably clean up everything but i just wanted to say yeah thank you so much for coming on this was so fun i hope that the dumplings were <laughs> satisfactory at least and yeah i'm excited about your podcast thank you so much Kara. like the dumplings were delicious like all the food was delicious and the, you know yeah. i would definitely come on to the podcast yeah, again <laughs> come back. now you have to think of something else to, yeah. another dish that reminds you of home <laughs> maybe i'll make jellyfish next time <laughs> yeah oh my god you could try that where do i get jellyfish here <laughs>
I'm pretty sure you can get it because my parents also got it here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go and ask the people at the market here. Yeah, <laughs> you can have. ask them. What a delight that Ching! I'll be sure to share her podcast. You rice me up in the show notes and on the Be My Guest Instagram account. Do be sure to check that out. What did I learn from this episode? I never really thought about how universal dumplings are. From pierogi to gyoza, empanadas to samosas, there's so many delicious ways to fill dough with meat and or vegetables. A little bit of kitchen nerdery, but I also learned that schaltzing, and I really do hope I'm saying that right, is actually a wine and not a vinegar. That's why I could not find it in the vinegar aisle at my local supermarket. Also, I mentioned how I steamed the dumplings to reheat them. That was a big mistake. Huge. Next time, I'll give them a nice pan fry again to crisp them up. Oh yeah, I learned that you can eat jellyfish, and from what I've Googled, it actually looks pretty tasty. Lastly, I wanted to end with a quote from Ching by way of a very unlikely source, which perfectly encapsulates this podcast, my experience making dumplings, and life in general. Sometimes the greatest rewards come from doing the things that you fear the most. Yeah, and it's from One Tree Hill, I think. But still, <laughs> I love watching <laughs> that show. The time. Once again, thank you so so much for tuning in to this episode of Be My Guest. Please share your feedback on Instagram at Be My Guest or rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. I'll see you at the table next time. Bye.